Hey, good morning all. Welcome to the Common Good Podcast. It's uh, April 13th on the Julian calendar, which in 2023 means it's Thursday. And that means we get to talk with astrophysicist Paul Wallace. That's right. Uh, he's the one not wearing the hat, uh, if you're uh, you wondering here without the, <laughs> without the labels. Uh, I got it. Uh, no, my, I don't even have a hat here. <laughs> really? We'll have to send you one uh, of these, Paul. Yeah, I've got plenty around. I'll box one up and ship it off to you. Uh, Paul Wallace, that's in Decatur, Georgia. And uh, Dan Dietrich there uh, in West Michigan. Doug Padgett here in southern Minnesota, Minneapolis area. All right, Paul, we're going to talk about the skies and all the important things going on. Uh, But first, let's do our quick little, you know, weather check-in. Two weeks ago today, we had a huge storm. Or less than two weeks ago, 12 days ago, uh, eight inches of snow here in Minnesota. Wow. Real heart cruncher. Yesterday, 87 degrees. 87? So, uh, 87. 87. A, a record. Really? Uh, modern time record. Today's going to be 83. Sunny and 83. In my yard, there is snow and grass turning green at the same time. It is, <laughs> this is one of those moments yeah, here in Minnesota that's just just absolutely wacky. I mean, truly, dogs from and cats, 12 days ago. Cats and dogs living together. Yeah. Yeah, madness. Weather, absolute madness, which this is the kind of madness we like around here, right? This is when that's, that's weird, though, we flip-flops I mean, that, and shorts. Doesn't that get, like, that's not just purely enjoyable, right? Because there's this element of this is not normal. Or but it's the is not that, normal or, that's enjoyable. It's the, it's okay. the, wow, that piece of cake is not normal. We don't normally get to have double chocolate fudge cake. But this is... <laughs> Yeah, everyone's always mad I, about global warming, but uh, that's what I like, like about this. you, Doug. Doug, you, you you really are an optimist. You are at heart <laughs> a true optimist. Yeah, there's there's an upside an upside to this one, but it was it was warm enough that in my house last night I had a couple of people over. We were strumming along on guitars. Had to close the windows and turn on the air conditioning. I am not wow. kidding. It was See, that warm in the house. That has not in, happened down here. I mean, it's it's been kind of cool this week, actually. Yeah, um, crazy. We're going to hit 70 today, I think. 70. Oh, very mild. Well, mm, well yeah. come, up, nice. come up north and bathe in the 83-degree uh, uh, sunshine of <laughs> Minneapolis. Dan, how is it in West Michigan? Anything happening there? It was like there? 84 yesterday. It was real hot as well. So Yeah, crazy, huh? So I don't know, people on the uh, watching on the chat, uh, if you're not yet over on the YouTube channel, that's the best place. We give real privilege to people on the on the chats in the YouTube channel. Go over to Vote Common Good. Uh, let us know where you're watching and listening from if you're doing it live and i guess if not even if you're just in the comments and you're watching this later let us know and i don't know tell us about the temperature where you are all right uh paul (laughs) things are not only odd on earth they're odd up in the heavens which is why we like to talk with you about the wonderful oddities of this world that we live in let let me say one more thing about that 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 weather thing that i uh just to throw this out there i i've seen maps and i've read an article saying that the southeast in the United States, the Southeast is the region that has had the least amount of weird weather. Like, oh. if you lived here and never went anywhere else or read anything, you would have pretty much no idea how crazy the weather's been over the last few years. None. Interesting. It's been really just, pretty normal here. Huh. Just, I mean, just classic South of the United States. Just change, <laughs> not coming here. That's right. The last pocket of resistance to anything new. <laughs> well, I read a thing about how Michigan is actually a, 
a destination for climate refugees, you know, people from like out west where there's huh. fires and you know all this crazy stuff happening. A lot of people are moving to the Midwest, specifically around like Michigan because uh, it's like plenty Michigan. of fresh water and yeah. very few forest fires. So it's a, it's a good place to end up. Hey, a question for you, Dan, about about Lake Michigan. There was this invasive species of carp. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember from where. Asian carp or something. Yep. They get that figured out, or did, is Lake Michigan going to leak into all the rest of the water systems of you know, the Midwest and the Mississippi River and ruin everything? Do, do you know? Is well, it, I think they're already they in the Mississippi, right? That's the problem. We're trying to keep the Asian carp out of the... They're coming from the rivers. We're trying to keep them from getting into the lake at this point. That's Somehow they got hard. into like some river systems that are adjacent to but not connected. Um, so this is a situation where somebody just threw some in, didn't know what they were doing? I I don't know how they get from point A to point B. I think they were B, on boats. But, yeah, I think they came on boats somehow and, you know, accidentally – Smoking them, but they're so invasive; they're just destroying yeah, they just all the other fish, over. and then that's killing all the plants. And it's just like oh yeah, a, and they're wild a real, too. Like real. you'll be driving your boat, and they'll start like in a swarm flock. I don't know what school of fish start jumping wow. out of the water, and so people will be driving in their boats with landing nets and just catch them out of the air, or just yeah. be taken out by them. They'll just hit you in the head with these flying. Wow, apart. yeah. Some wild yeah, videos out it's, there. It's really, really something. Uh, all right, Paul. NASA yep. has not only uh, decided that we need to be warned about the wet weather changes, but um, that there's a today a NASA warning. This is from what does NASA stand for, by the way? The National National Aeronautics and, and Space Administration. Space National Administration. Aeronautics and Space Administration. Yeah. I mean, these are smart people. These are the kinds of people that you, when you use the phrase, you don't have to be a rocket scientist. This is who they're talking about, right? You don't right. Have to be. Uh, today, right. April 13th, 2023, NASA issues a warning about an asteroid. <laughs> and we all just keep clicking along, chatting <laughs> about the weather and the jumping jumping carp. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's really something. Um, do you have any idea, Paul, why when a when a... Asteroid is 2.97 million miles away. It warrants a, a hey, everybody, look out. There's a stadium sized uh, asteroid. A stadium. On this way. There you go. A stadium sized. That, 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 that's actually, I found that to be kind of helpful, actually. Yeah. It gave me a real good sense. <laughs> As opposed uh, actually, to you know, a corgi sized or yeah, four yeah, elephants. Right. The, the size of seven and a half corgis. Donkey or something. Yeah. <laughs> a camel. Yeah. yeah so, <laughs> It, uh, it, it is, uh, I, yes. And on, on the scale of the solar system, that's, that's really close, but it's still, and I want to emphasize this like 12 times further away than the moon. Yeah. So it's not, okay. Not so skimming it's, off it's, the atmosphere here. Right. It's not, I mean, it, I don't know if it, there's a certain class of objects called near earth asteroids. And I think this would count, but still it's, it's, it's still pretty, uh, it's still pretty far away. Um, now, why again? Why issue a warning about this rather than just a hey? This is kind of neat. No need to worry. Why warn well, us about this? <laughs> like, oh great, well, I have one more thing to worry about that I can't control. We're we're, we're back to the headline writers, and I want to know 
if, is it is it NASA that used the word warning or is it the headline writer question, that yeah. used the word? Because NASA probably just said, hey, this is coming by. And uh, this person who wrote the headline said, oh, it's a warning. And I, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Decent chance. Yeah, I, I hear you. But, but is yeah. part of the concern that they're pretty sure they know the path of a stadium-sized as- asteroid like this? Yeah, that they know it, and they could be off a little bit, and maybe you know the maybe the calculation is going to cause a problem, or are they super sure how this how this thing is moving? My guess is they're pretty sure about it, and that okay. it's certainly not going to be a problem. And my guess is that they got the orbit nailed down pretty well All right. for an object this close. I think they probably have it have it have it defined pretty well. Well, well, That's good. My guess. and and is a stadium-sized <laughs> asteroid, which is how they're how they're describing this. Um, and I don't know again if this is a small concert stadium, if this is a baseball right, stadium, right, if right. This is a minor league baseball stadium. Yeah. I mean, in camels, so a lot of very Jim asks in the chat, yeah. how many camels can you fit in this in this stadium? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, being, being from Atlanta, I, I, I imagine the uh, the Mercedes Benz Stadium, which is enormous. That's where my and, head goes. And, yep. and runs on time and is really precise. <laughs> yeah, it really, yeah. That's right. Precision stadium. Precision uh, engineer. This is big, yeah. though, right? It, I mean, if this thing yeah. hit the Earth, if a stadium yeah, it, sized. It, 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 yes, it would be. That would be, it, it, would be right? Apocalyptic, yes. It would be lights out. So, uh, yeah. For, for whatever reasons we want to want to say it, if this thing had in a trajectory had been three million mile, you know, made some little bump adjustment, I don't know, yeah, a hundred years ago, yeah, in the orbit, that's that. Yeah. How big was the one that killed the dinosaurs? Let's let's find that out because I can't remember off the top of my head. It was not as big as you'd like to think. Let's see. Uh, my guess is it was something along the lines of bigger than a stadium. Are, are, we, are we still uh, confident that that's what happened with the, with the dinosaur that they that the asteroid hit and then put up a big cloud and then everything got yeah, cold? And I, that, that, I that, think that's, so. That's I think, really settled. Okay. Yeah, I think there are some uh, alternate theories out there that are still being thrown around, but I I, I do think that's still the the overwhelming consensus. Uh, yeah, I think well, maybe not overwhelming, but the clear consensus. I'll put it that way. Mm. All right, because I gotta tell you, as somebody that. that has has grandchildren, and you talk about dinosaurs, and then they say, as they should, what well, what what happened to the dinosaurs? And then you try to say, well, they're still around in the birds, and then they're like, no, I mean the you know, the big ones with huge wow. heads and little bitty arms. Yeah, and then you say to them, <laughs> well, and asteroid hit the earth and then it put up so much dust into the sky that it got really cold for a long while, and then that initiated a an ice age and then and then it sounds like you're making stuff up now i I, i'm not saying it's not true just to the common sense of it's just like really that's that's does does it not am i the only one that just feels like it uh, i don't know that that just feels like the kind of explanation that flat earthers give about things like Well, what happened? One, two, three dinosaurs are gone, and we had a nice age yeah, for X, yeah. X number of millions of years. Well, uh, a couple of things. Number one is that, is that 
is that I retract my statement that it would be apocalyptic. It would be a problem locally. Well, I'll put it that way. It probably wouldn't. Oh, it, it would not okay. be a global. I think it would not be a global phenomenon, but it would locally be a, a, a real mess. Now, a larger thing like what killed the dinosaurs was several miles across. Yeah, um, was that like Manhattan-sized? Yeah, yeah. Like think of like the central core of Minneapolis, like something about that. You know, several miles across. You know, something like that. Yeah. Um, you know, um, that's about the size that why was that dinosaurs? And, I, and it does sound far fetched, but that is totally for real. That is that wow. it, it really literally would disrupt the 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 global ecosystem for thousands of years. Mm -hmm. hmm. Yeah, it's I, I don't I, I I'm not doubting it at all. It just <laughs> just feels like one of those. <laughs> Science explanations that you know, I don't know. In two hundred years, people are going to be like, "Okay, it was a little different than that." But that's what we used to say. I, it, and maybe I'm wrong, yeah. and everybody else is just like, "No, no, no." That's that all makes that all makes total sense. But children look at adults when they say these things with a suspicion that makes you think, "All right, let's <laughs> let's let's talk about let's talk about other stuff," you know? Because <laughs> um, it's just I remember it's I, just bewildering. I read about this in Carl Sagan's Cosmos when I was like 12 or 13. And I was like, uh, so a rock from space, right? It was a rock from space. It's like, oh, well, that's kind of, that, that's kind of intense, isn't it? You know, <laughs> are there more, yeah. right? With our, with our names on it, you know? Right. Yes. That's better yeah. than Noah didn't bring the dinosaurs on the ark though, you know? Well, the, Doug, the ar the argument about this is not the the argument within the scientific community is not about whether a rock that size would disrupt the ecology for thousands of years because that's pretty much a consensus. That is sure. The, it's a it's a question of is that what happened in this case? But yeah, yeah. a rock that size yeah. would, in fact, sure mess some yeah. things up. Mess it some things up for a long time. I don't want to dwell on this, but now that I'm thinking about it. <laughs> so it has to kick up enough dirt and soil into the atmosphere to blot out the sun. Yeah. That's the size of the earth. That's an enormous amount of dirt. <laughs> right. It's going to get up in the atmosphere and then hang around up there and not fall. That's the part that just feels like well, it's not dirt. Well, though. it's it's yeah. also ash. It's also ash and a bunch of other okay. stuff. Okay, because it's um, vaporizing but, everything it touches. Yeah. Remember Mount Saint Helens? How? Remember Mount Saint Helens? Yeah. Remember Mount Saint Helens? I mean, that was just that mm -hmm. was you know on the scale of things, not a big volcano, not a big eruption, but it destroyed the ecology in that part of um, the state for I don't know. I mean, it's still. It's mm -hmm. still messed, you know, for hundreds of miles around. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we're point. talking about something yep. that that would be that would be literally millions and millions of times more the same thing, but just yeah. on a much, 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 much larger scale. Yeah, and for a very long time with those for a very long impacts. time. Well, okay, so so this dilemma that I have, right? No, we'll skip mm -hmm. the specifics on this because uh, you know it's a mind bending. How common is this that that? Science supporting people regularly hear science answers to things and are like, no, I totally believe it. But really? 
Like, is it like, like <laughs> I feel like that's the way it is about vaccines and like all kinds of science stuff where people are like, no, I'm 100% supportive. And yeah, it's a little, wow, really? Yeah. Like that yeah. sense of wonder, which isn't the same as, I don't know, it's not the same as doubt. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not. No, no, right, right. It's more it's in, not doubt in, or in it's just yeah it's just yeah it's just wonder it's just it's just it's it's a it's a form of disbelief which is different than 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 like i don't believe that it's it's yeah it's, it's wonder it's, I think. it's wonder and it's huh um and you know on, on most science things as we'll talk about in some other headlines i don't know i don't know enough about all the things that that's related to, you're really having to trust people right. who know, and that's who know it, things yeah. sort, of down, sort of down the line. You know, um, yeah. we went to uh, uh, one of my family members had to go to the emergency room the other day for something. And, you know, you go in and they're like, hey, we're going to put this thing in your arm and then we're going to put this thing in this bag hanging there and then we're going to wheel you out and then we're going to put you in this thing and they're going to run some uh, tests on you. And, you're just really like, okay, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, I get this, you know, what, what we're doing. But boy, there's an awful lot of just trust. And they're like, you know, we're just going to make sure your kidneys can handle this. And you're like, so if my kidneys can't handle this, well, we wouldn't want that. Yeah. So, right. Uh, you know what I yeah, mean? Like, there's a lot is, of trust. Yeah. And, it's, and if you don't have a fundamental basic belief in your fellow human beings that, Mm -hmm. then then you really are in deep trouble. Yep. You really are in deep trouble. You know, I, I teach subjects all the time that, that on the face of it seem just, you know, I was teaching intro class, you know, you know, basic quantum ideas from quantum mechanics the last couple of days. And they're just like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, like uh, I'll write it down, but I don't, it doesn't really make sense, you know, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I'm teaching also relativity to the physics majors, and it's equally mind-bending. It's like, wow, what a beautiful right. idea. This, Is it real? And it's real. Yeah. And this house that I'm sitting in, this basement was dug, and this wood was put up to build this house during a time when those ideas didn't exist. Right. And people were living in this house when the people who coined those ideas, you know, whether it's Niels Bohr or uh, Einstein or yeah. Schrodinger, any of these people, yeah. they didn't believe each other either. Like uh, in a very recent history, like since my house was built, those right. ideas have uh, right. come into consciousness were then have to be believed by a group of very smart scientists who didn't believe them. To the right. point now that you're saying them to, to students who are like, ah, okay, is that, yeah. are, we, are we, and sometimes the feeling can be, you don't get to in 2023 as a college student, uh, have the same level of suspicion or wonder or, I don't know, mind bending sort of uh, interest in how's that possible that people had you know, right. when this house right. was, was fresh, you know what I mean? Right. So it's right. like, it's right. not all that long ago. We're not talking about things right. that have been established for a super, super long time. Yeah. That's, that's Within an interesting part about the, about this work that you're in, right? Like, like you are an astrophysicist, rocket scientist, and there's many people alive who were born before there were rockets. <laughs> that stuff right. didn't even yeah. exist. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's yeah. really quite, stunning 
the the level of knowledge that we can pass along to each other that still is a, a bit in the in the wonderful world, you know, yeah, full yeah, of wonder. Yeah. Yeah. And and as, as as groundbreaking as like say relativity was at the time, uh, especially general relativity, uh, you know, I wasn't around to get the first wave of the idea when it must have sounded completely crazy. <laughs> But still, if you sit around and allow yourself to sort of dwell on it for a while, it's still pretty crazy. It's it's Mm -hmm. still it's still just because it doesn't accord with our normal experience, right? That's that's the only reason it's crazy, is because we don't experience it directly, and it and it seems like somebody's pulling a fast one on us, you know? Because you know, you know. But it it really is. um, Wow, I've really enjoyed teaching this semester. It's been great. Mm. And Do I feel you privileged to like a, pass this stuff along, to pass this down to the next. It's like it's really a real honor to do that, and I mean that seriously. To pass this lovely stuff down totally. to the next group of you know, next generation is great. Totally, because there's a thing going on where someone's full of wonder and uh, healthy, positive suspicion about these things. Um that is part of the human experience of growth and expansion. And yes, Mm -hmm. the world is more wonderful, beautiful, complex than you can wrap your mind around and even convey with our language. Like truly have to make up words for these ideas because the old words don't exist. Right. Right. So people make up words and sometimes those words go with the name of the person who came up with the idea. Like it's that, it's that closely related to a yeah. wild idea that we hold yeah. to. That's that's really spectacular when when, when we think yeah. about it. You know, uh, yeah, it's it is, it is, it is, it is something. I'm, do you I'm still get that sense of wonder do. sometimes? Like, do you get? Do are I, you struck? Do with I? That? Yeah, I get like it when all the time. You're talking about this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> oh yes, I get it all the time. I get it all the time. Even in sometime in my intro classes, I I, I get it. I'm just, I, yeah, I, for good or for ill, <laughs> and there are negative mm-hmm. consequences of it. I live in that pretty much all the time. Wow. That's Do you ever tear up? Do you ever, do you ever get, a, get a little weepy? And, and, and uh, Not quite, but I, uh, maybe one day I'll get there. As I get older, I get well, more and more crazy. And uh, maybe, well, maybe ap- apparently if, Apparently, if Donald Trump ever walked into your presence, you would get weepy and cry. I don't know if you've seen these news stories, but he's <laughs> got that, this whole yeah. thing out now about when he was arrested uh, for his people crimes. Just weeping. People arresting him were weeping. And that led to people then sharing all these other clips of him saying regularly, when I signed this bill, large men standing behind me started weeping. And these are men who didn't even <laughs> cry when they were babies. He has this whole routine. They didn't even cry when they were babies thing. I don't know if you've seen this. It's <laughs> unbelievable. I, I, I did read a headline about, uh, or I did read something about how his story about people crying at the courthouse were BS. These stories were just completely cooked up out of out of nothing. And Can it you is imagine a long like, term- these, like these police officers doing their jobs crying? It's like, Give me a break. That was you, Donnie. That was you crying on the inside. Yeah. Projection yeah. again. <laughs> it, was, yeah. it was your childhood life crying. And apparently, I only bring it because it's, I think it's quite funny. This is just one of his speaking routines. He does this stuff. It's a bit. And yeah. and, and it's a bit. It's a shtick. And he's, he's said it for years. There's just clips going back years where he's like, oh, and I, I built this building. And, and construction workers cried. And these are, and he always says the same thing. These are people that didn't even, haven't cried since they were babies. Didn't he even knows cry when they were babies. <laughs> Yeah. He knows this yeah, about them. Yes. 
total malarkey. So we do live in a world where you just get this kind of weird, like what's even, you know, just sort of fantasiful stories that people tell each other. And, you know, science is a, is a better, is a better thing. All right. So there's a bunch of things going on with eclipses, eclipse eye. Yeah. What's the yeah, point of eclipses? eclipses happening? That's a cool eclipses. picture. Yeah. yeah, and this cool one, picture. this particular eclipse, which you can describe to us, um, you know, where the moon gets in front of the sun, is causing quite a kerfluffle, especially, do you know this, in Saudi Arabia, and when they will be able to declare the end of Ramadan and the start of, of Eid and the, the really? three-day fast. It's either on Thursday or on Friday. We, I had an iftar meal with a with an Afghan family that uh, we're connected to and uh, last on Friday. And so we're eating it. We're like, Hey, wh so when does, when does Ramadan end? And yeah. they said, well, it's either Thursday or Friday. And that led into a whole conversation. Like, how do they not know? Because it has to do with, you know, when the first sliver of the moon is seen, right. but somehow that's being blocked. They're not sure if in Saudi Arabia before sundown, the moon will be in front of the sun, so it might have to happen on Friday, and they're they're because still they waiting actually, because it, they actually have to see it. Isn't that right? Is is it's not based on astronomical calculations? Is is it based on somebody actually seeing it? Yes, still? it's like this beautiful interplay between what's going on with the moon cycles, but also related to a person, someone declared person in a specific place on the planet. Right. Being right. able to visually identify yeah. it, and yeah. then the social agreement of Ramadan can shift. Like it's really okay. kind of cool, and it also cool. like wow, it's really interesting. And now we know a lot about this. You can imagine seven hundred years ago when people were waiting for the, and, and they weren't able to, you know, anticipate an eclipse yeah. coming that that really threw people off uh, about what yeah. was going on. So there was even more wonder in all of this. So it, it impacts next Thursday and Friday. Uh, the I had no idea that, 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 this, yeah. that this was going to happen with this eclipse. Yeah. And why is it called if, a hybrid eclipse? What is well, uh, it's, it's a number one. It's a, it's a, it's a solar eclipse like the one we had back in 2017, where the moon falls in front of the sun and blocks the light. But it's only going to be visible from like the northern Indian Ocean, a couple of islands of Indonesia, and like the the Western Pacific Ocean, basically. Hmm. Okay, it's just going to, going to cross up through Indonesia from the Indian to the Pacific Oceans, and uh, but it's called a hybrid eclipse because uh, do you see that picture in the middle there of just the so the so-called Ring of Fire uh, uh -huh. picture? That's 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 the kind of uh, solar eclipse you get when the moon is is far from the earth okay the moon lies uh, on an elliptical path so sometimes it's relatively small sometimes right. it looks relatively large so the annular eclipse is what happens when the moon is far from the earth okay and then a total solar eclipse is what happens when the moon is closer and so it appears larger in the sky and covers the whole solar disk that makes sense mm -hmm. yep yeah okay now now get this a hybrid eclipse at the beginning of it, I want you to, um, this is, th mm. this is a sort of situation that kind of um, it requires uh, for me to draw you a picture and it's a little tough to visualize, but I want you to imagine there's a point on the earth that is closest to the moon. Okay. okay. The annular, the, the eclipse begins not at that point, but off of that point. And those points on the earth are further from the moon. Mm-hmm. 
So at the beginning of the eclipse, it occurs on a point on the Earth that's further from the moon, and so the eclipse is, is annular because the moon is further away from that point, and so it looks yeah. a little smaller. And then at the point of total of, of maximum eclipse, the moon is actually covering the whole sun because that point mm. on the earth is closer to the moon. And so the moon looks bigger. Yeah. And then at the end of the eclipse is annular again. So it goes from annular to total uh-huh. to annular. And that's, that's really pretty rare. That, that only happens like, you know, 5% of the time or something like that. 5% wow. of, huh. so that's what's, that's what's happening. So it's kind of weird. So it looks like the picture in the middle at first, at the beginning and the end, it looks like the picture in the middle there. But during the middle of it, the moon is completely blacking out the sun. Interesting. Now, Paul, a couple of years ago, you went on a pilgrimage to find an eclipse that was I did. life-altering for you. This it, one it is was, this is this life-altering for anybody, or are these the kinds of are these you know daily daily wear eclipses that you don't not the, not the no fancy. no this is this is this is this would be this was very similar to the people who will be in, near the central part of the eclipse. It'll be essentially the same as what we saw here in 2017. A total total eclipse and that's that's what that's the really spectacular uh life-changing as you put it thing uh that we yeah. saw back so in are, are people do you know are people pilgrimage pilgrim oh i'm sure they are i'm sure they are yeah so some people are just like you know with with money to burn just this is what they do they just go <laughs> they just uh oh yeah you know the 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 west the, the western pacific sounds good let's go you know <laughs> yeah yeah, get on the plane, get on their boat, whatever, and go. Then they just do this all the time. There's a small group of people who do that. Um, but uh, people who live in Australia, people who live in Southeast Asia, I'm sure will get on boats and get on planes and go. Wow. Get in the uh, yeah, I'm sure it's happening down there. There's and also that's just going to be a small group of people who look at the eclipses without eye protection. <laughs> our, our former yeah, that's president. Yeah, a smaller group. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Very austere. Confession: I, I may have done that in sixth grade too, when we had to go out and look at the eclipse <laughs> with the little pinhole oh. and all that. There were a lot of kids looking up. Yeah. By the, the way, before we get up, before we get yeah. off the topic of eclipses, uh, there is a total eclipse again in the United States next year. Yeah, in April, oh. about a year from now, it's going to run from Texas up to Maine, basically. Okay, yeah. it's, right it's across. Going to be total. Yeah. Is this one of those life-changing eclipses oh, that yeah. people will? Yeah. Well, Dan, you won't be too. Maybe you, you, I think it cuts through Indiana. Yeah, yeah, you could probably get to it in a couple few hours from mm-hmm. where you are. Well, we could travel. I, I suggest that we consider next year traveling to that thing and do a little uh, do, live, do a little live podcast. stream. From, yeah, dude, I would. Yeah. I would definitely, <laughs> definitely. Are you serious about that? Yeah, about I would definitely serious. do that. Sirius is a I lunar would. eclipse. Yeah. It's on a Let's, Monday. Uh, <laughs> it's on a Monday. Uh, well, like, if it's on a Thursday. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah too bad we can't we, do it. We yeah. talk about other things. On, we talk about other things on Mondays. Uh, okay, it's on a Monday. So, like, like you know, we, we already know uh, date and time. Oh, yeah. And we'll just have to adjust for some weather pattern, right? Make sure we get in a place where you don't get there and it's right. cloudy and rainy during that right. period of time at all. And we need to, and if we need to book rooms, we got to book them soon because those things fill up. Yeah, people. No, no, we'll get an RV. Well. We'll get it. We'll go, we'll go Dude, totally like eclipse get the tour bus. Eclipse <laughs> and we will, yeah. So we're just going to 
you know, be ready to be mobile and go find that eclipse. Doug, I, I gotta, I gotta tell you, if 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 you're joking, you need to stop now because I'm gonna get real excited <laughs> about this. I am not, I am not, I am not at all joking. I think I, think I didn't we, think you were, but I just wanted to make sure because I, I okay. love that idea. Don't toy with I my emotions like that. Mm, I love it. That's uh, right. it's, so you are, you, you are messing it, with my heart, man. What? <laughs> well, I I don't want this to turn into a total eclipse of your heart. Um, <laughs> Thank you very much. I've been waiting somewhere to fit that yeah. line in. Uh, what what day of uh, what 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 dates is, is this particular Monday in April of twenty twenty four? April April eighth or whatever is closest. Whatever Monday is closest to that next year. Okay. All right. April eighth, twenty twenty four. We yeah, got to mark your calendars. Yeah, yeah April eighth. And, and watchers and listeners, you know, reserve your RV and come meet us. We'll we'll join in and you know. We may never come home. Who knows what's going to happen? This could be you know, this could be the kind of thing where a whole new community is formed out in the middle of some right, field in right. Indiana. Right. <laughs> if you ever thought this was all going to breed a cult, this is probably yeah, the day this, where the common good cult is born. Is the uh, the eclipse? It is <laughs> time. Cult. It is time. Nonsense. Well, hey, Paul. In our last few minutes together, I'd love to have you weigh in on this idea of artificial intelligence in space uh seems like artificial That's, intelligence is having a moment you know with this chat gpt and yeah, yeah. It seems to be getting better reaching a tipping point where it's becoming way more useful and uh yeah. we've been using machine learning and forms of artificial intelligence in space exploration for a while uh but could you tell us a little bit about you know the ways artificial intelligence is being used and could be used in space? Well, it, I know a few things. I know they use them on the Mars rovers, you know, and to make, mm. to, essentially to make decisions about where to go and what to do next. Mm -hmm. And um, all, you know, satellites, uh, communication satellites use them. Um, and I think we use them in the processing of images too down here on the surface, you know. Um, mm. And there's a bunch of other uses. Oh, spacecraft, like with uh, with launches of spacecrafts and so spacecraft rockets and such and yeah. so forth, having hmm. to do with um, uh, conserving fuel hmm. things like this. But but I don't understand how it works. I don't. You know, I'm not. I'm not <laughs> like. Uh, you know, I don't know much about technology. I don't know much about AI. But um, I, I I am very. I'm perfectly fine with it being in space. I'll I'll, I'll tell you that. Um. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like uh, SpaceX has been using it for docking with the space station and stuff like that. Like all these really complex, like you have to match your spin with the movement of the space station and like really complex yeah. Uh, yeah. equations. Let, yeah. let a it computer is, do that. It is having it is having a moment. Uh, that is for sure. And, and being in a uh, educational institution like this, you know, when you can, uh, like I, like I saw a guy on Twitter the other day said, you know, I, I told Ch Chat GPT to write a sermon about how Jesus loves gay people, and it did, and it wrote a pretty decent. I mean, it wasn't, you know, <laughs> it wasn't something that, uh, you know, it, it was a little dry, a little formulaic, but it basically did it, and so you know, this puts up all kinds of challenges for our my colleagues in the English department. I don't know how we're going to deal with that. Right. Um, and how do you double check that 
the students' papers they're turning you in. Can't. Or, you can't. You can't because you can ask the same. You can ask the same chat GPT the same prompt yeah. five minutes apart, and it gives you a different answer. Yeah, it's the same answer, but it's different. Yeah, you know, Lovely. and so and and the thing that drives me just bonkers is that it doesn't cite cite anything. It's just a black box. You have no idea where it came from, or if yeah. it's reliable well, does it, or not. Does this mean that? That English professors would actually have to talk to students about what they actually know and not just say, write this up in a seven-page paper and turn it in, and then I'll write words back to you and send it back to you, and the disconnection between the human and to human contact is is continued. Maybe maybe that's the solution to some of this, is that there really are ways to figure out if somebody lied in their paper. Ask them about it. Talk (laughs) about what's in it, right? Like, it's just, there's a funniest thing that we get, that we worry about on some of this. Like, what do you think someone's going to do later in their life? They're going to use all kinds of, like, look, I'm a, I'm a notoriously bad speller, and thankfully there is some version of Grammarly that just fixes all of that yeah. because there was a deficiency and now it's fixed. And it just seems like a, like, I don't know. I know I'm real, you know, technology positive about that stuff, but yeah, we'll probably figure it out. And if you can't tell we if your student will. who couldn't tell you anything that was in the paper they turned in didn't write it, <laughs> I think there's probably a way without, <laughs> you know, plagiarism but it does require but that's hard to do with 30 students per class yeah yeah but that's why you have chat gpt write an algorithm to double check Mm -hmm. and ask your students Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) make it use ai uh, to check the ai yeah anyway in this article of artificial intelligence in space the amazing way space learning is helping to unravel the mysteries of the universe that's an actual headline uh, so chat GPT maybe could write short headlines. One of the lines in it is, <laughs> dozens of black holes have been detected using time series analysis of ripples in gravitational waves that are caused when the mysterious objects collide with neutron stars. Like, there is a sentence that is just unbelievably <laughs> wonderful. Uh, I mean, just a series of assumptions that people would know, like what gravitational waves are and what mysterious objects are that are colliding with neutron stars. But this whole idea of uh, gravitational waves, I know we only have five more minutes left in our allotted uh, time uh, today, but what are these gravitational waves? And apparently another headline said they may have had something to do with with creating light for the first time, that they're the the real source of light. that I need to put on. I, I need. I need to sort of uh, cycle through that one in the old brain for a while because I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Breakthrough discovery suggests gravity can create light. I'd like to read the fine print on this one. Uh, that is a phenomenal. Got to sit uh, with that graphic, for a minute. <laughs> graphic, however, yeah. gravitational yeah, that waves. What happened are, to the dinosaurs? Put those together and really blow <laughs> yeah. your mind. Yeah, gravitational wave. Oh, there we go. There's a. Speaking of gravity, that's a black black hole there. Um, the picture on the left was the original picture taken, I guess, a number of years ago. The first picture we ever got of where you could actually see sort of the the black hole itself on the left. That was taken a few years ago in a galaxy. It's the center of a galaxy called romantically M87. And um <laughs> and so that picture has been has been uh shall we say uh, enhanced by artificial intelligence to produce the image on the right, which is obviously a much sharper image, but it's uh, of the same thing, of the Incredible. same black hole. Yeah. 
that is an awesome picture. And it seems like so a great just- use of AI is you know, we're collecting so much more data than we can do anything with. You know, the yeah. vastness of space mm-hmm. and all the images we're getting back. AI has the ability to sift through it you know, a million times faster yep. than a team yep. of humans can and then yep. present it to humans to you know, actually examine things that are narrowed down to be helpful right. and useful. Right, right. Yeah, very, very useful. Seems to speed up the discovery process of some yeah. of these really interesting things. Yeah. Will that help us understand what a gravitational wave is, or are we still is the knowledge of a gravitational wave still limited enough that it's not just explanation? You, you know, mean dependent. is? I mean, does this picture itself help us understand what a gravitational wave is? Is that what you no, mean? No, just just general, you know, machine learning, artificial intelligence. Uh, I don't know. Where, it you know, it may. It, it may. It certainly is used in the analysis of. Uh, I mean, we've detected gravitational waves. We predicted that they should exist uh, decades ago. But the technology. But it's a bit of a bit black hole. Gravitational waves, right? See what I did there? Uh, um, yeah. Like like. Gravitational waves is still a fairly new notion and idea that we're coming yes, to grips with and yes, how it but, impacts but it is, the cosmos. But it is but it is now gravitational waves have been detected and it and, uh, and our detection our ability to to pick them out has got is, is getting better quite quickly. What is a gravitational wave just on a you know Okay, I know gravity the, the, is like a force so why would there be what, what, what is it? Uh, yeah, well, in, in general relativity, and this is a topic for another day, I know we're about out of time, but in within relativity, gravity is not a force. It's not considered a force. Oh, um, really. oh yeah, really. yeah. Just... And have you heard of have you heard of this thing called space time? It's a, this term that's been thrown around somewhere. It's used <laughs> yeah. quite yeah, seriously within scientific circles, but even people who just read popular accounts of science have seen the phrase space time before mm-hmm, for sure. Um, and, and let me just sort of say that space time is a way of talking about time and space and space time is a real physical thing that, that, um, can be flexed and stretched and compressed and twisted and gravitational waves are basically ripples waves in space time. Oh. That does not help. I know. But at least starts. <laughs> to, it, it is at least true what I'm saying, whether it's helpful or not, uh, whether it helps you understand or not. But what a gravitational wave is is perhaps something we should spend some time on uh, when we have you know a good solid block of 15 minutes or something, because it really is deeply, <laughs> deeply crazy. Yeah, you crazy need to get out the whiteboard for us for that one. Yeah, yeah, I got it right back here. I, 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 can, I can move my camera around and just you know put everybody to sleep, put some equations on the board. There we go. And also, Paul, that little phrase that you just said, it's true, I tried to write it down. Uh, it's true even though it might not be useful for your own understanding. That's yeah. an idea just right there, right? That <laughs> sometimes you don't even know enough for the understanding, but there's all uh, that that truth is not related to it being helpful for, for understanding. It's... Yeah, it's true. It's still nonetheless. true, but right, right. Uh, naming, putting a name wow. on a thing is not the same as understanding it. So, wow, yep, yeah. Wow. There's mm. a lot to talk about there. 
That's how, how I think about Shelly Paget, my wife. Just because I can name her doesn't mean I know her and understand <laughs> her. A, a lifetime of love that can uh, has to produce that. That's that's for you, honey. If you're still listening. All right, Paul. Thank you so much. Uh, we uh, we'll see you in a couple of weeks, and we'll see you somewhere yeah. in between. I don't know Maine and Texas on April eighth of twenty twenty four. We'll see you next time, and I uh, might have a special edition for you coming uh, tomorrow and Monday. Going to get a little extra bonus as a, an Easter basket bonus of Common Good Podcast this week. <laughs> <laughs>